Greetings, greenhouse people, and welcome to another installment of Tech on Demand, where our goal is always to bring you tips and tricks and information to help you produce your best crops ever. I'm your host, Bill Calkins, and I am thrilled once again to be joined by Dr. Will Healy, who is the Senior Technical Manager at Ball Horticultural Company. We're here once again to talk about at-risk crops and the inherent challenges with specific crops grown all across North American greenhouses and around the world. So we're talking about some of the usual suspects, especially in, in this episode, um, but we're going to talk about plants that under, come under pressure by specific pests and diseases, and Dr. Healy is going to help us understand how to produce these crops by managing, managing the pressures that come from these pests and diseases using preventative strategies. So in this episode, we're going to talk about carnations. And I think uh, some of the, the, the challenges that we're going to talk about are ones that, that growers know well, right? It's fusarium and pythium and, and some of the others. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, I, I'm really excited about talking about these carnations because, Bill, you know, this, this is a retro talk for me um, because I started working with carnations, well, let's just say when I was an undergrad, um, which of course was probably before you and most of the listeners hopefully were born. But um, you know, carnations at one time were a major crop. Um, I did research on it um, for my um, for my master's and my PhD, and then also um, I was at Colorado State, which was really the epicenter of the carnation industry in the U.S. And and I shouldn't say that after I started working with it, carnations kind of disappeared from North America. But the reality is, Bill, they did. Um, and so a lot of people have forgotten about all of the different types of diseases that we see with carnations. Um, you know, when we sit back and look at the research that was done, the control, you know, some of the great pathologists, um, one of the great ones was Tex Baker, who literally his name was referred to, tall guy from Colorado State, traveled the world teaching people on how to manage the whole virus and um, uh, fusarium and pythium world that basically plagued the carnation business. So when we start looking at it, we go back to, you know, what did Tex say? Because what Tex said back in the, um, in the 60, late 60s and 70s when he perfected clean stock, he said, you have to have clean stock because without clean stock, you can't be virus free. So that is a basic truth of when we're growing carnation. This is, a, and of course these are, today we're talking about not cut carnations, but we're talking about potted carnations. These are the great products for anyone that's in this industry, for the bedding plant industry. They have phenomenal shelf life in the spring. So this is one of those products, Bill, that you can you know, get into bloom for Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, get there in the garden center, they look great, they smell great, they make people think of spring, um, and they really are something that lasts well in the garden. So this is really darn near the perfect crop. I don't know if you, have you had carnations in your garden, Bill? No, but I've definitely given them as gifts, and I do think they, they make fantastic gifts. Um, I also think that uh, going by the, the words of anyone named Tex is probably a safe bet in life. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I, when, you, when you flip through old issues of Grower Talks, they're loaded up with articles about carnations. And um, it's definitely, a, it's been a staple crop for, for generations and I'm sure is going to continue to be because it really does hit on all of those key selling attributes that you just talked about. 
I I think it's a great crop. It's a beautiful gift crop. No one's going to, you know, everyone's going to smile when you hand them a carnation and uh, putting them in the garden is uh, something I've not done, but I'm certainly willing to give it a try. So I think that, you know, we've talked in the past about the basics of at-risk crops. I think it's definitely worth going over again some of the, uh, you know, I I like the way that you lay out the disease triangle and and how to, uh, how to use that to assess uh, the risk and to come up with uh, the correct solutions. And um, maybe you can take us through that again real quick. Right. And so, and this is a quintessential crop where you really have the plant, which it can be very susceptible to some diseases that we'll talk about, that if you don't have the disease present, you don't have a problem. But if you've got the disease present, you do have a problem. The environment does play a big role in it because if you don't manage your environment, you basically increase the risk of these problems. So we're going to talk about all those things. Number one rule, as Tech said, clean stock. Make sure that you've got certified clean stock. Next is that you have to have a clean production facility. Really important because one of the diseases we're going to talk about is fusarium. Fusarium can be in the water. Pythium, another disease, it can be in the water. They're both in the soil. And so if you basically put your plants in contact with soil that has pythium or fusarium, or you're using water that has pythium or fusarium, then you're not a clean production facility, you're gonna have problems. You wanna make sure you've got optimum optimum cultural protocols that you're not staying too wet too long because that sets you up for pythium, which then sets you up for this disease triangle of this trifecta that really does carnations in. And then of course, monitoring and controlling pests is always a big concern. So, you know, Bill, let's go ahead and let's talk about, you know, one of my favorite crops because it brings back so many great memories of carnations. And it is an at-risk crop if you don't manage it, but if you manage them, it's really a fairly easy crop to grow. So should we talk a little bit about some of these um, risks? Because it is really three primary factors that you want to um, manage when you're looking at carnations. The first one is a virus. Um, There's a number of viruses, there's a whole host of viruses, but most of them can be cleaned up and that they're fairly easy to keep out of your carnation crop. The one that we're most concerned with is carnation model virus. The reason is it is very common because it's common because it's very easy to spread. It's highly infectious. You get it on your fingers and you start touching your plants, you can very quickly get it infected into your plants. Insects will carry it. Um, It's not real clear which ones, but there are some insects that will carry um, carnation model virus from plant to plant. That's why when you buy your carnations, you need to make sure they are all certified as clean. You can't have some clean and some that are dirty. That's a prescription for failure. One of the interesting things is carnation model virus generally does not show any symptoms. You know, we got in the, um, in the PowerPoint, we got a great picture of um, the symptoms. It's a little streaky, model look. Um, it's not as streaked as you saw if you looked at the um, canavirus um, talk. But if on the carnation model, it is a modeling of the um, foliage. And of course, appropriately, we got even have a picture of what the virus looks like. Um, and it's kind of this, nondescript ball, right, Bill? It's like, eh, okay, so it's a virus. Um, so that's carnation model. We normally don't, um, don't see any symptoms unless you have two other problems. The first problem that you run into is if you have fusarium, specifically fusarium oxysporium. 
Fusarium is a systemic disease. It gets inside the plants, it plugs up the, the vascular bundle. So the plant can't take up water. If it doesn't take up water, the leaves start to die. In fact, that's usually the symptom is that we call it branch um, death, where you have a single branch that dies, very typical. Starts with the lower leaves, turn yellow, even though you're feeding them and the salts are right and the water's right, but you get fusarium. If you cut the stem, you can see a vascular bundle being black. Um, you get these wilted branches. And the other thing that's very interesting, and this is something Tex Baker worked out back in the um, 70s, was an aha moment for him, is that pythium is an integral part of the fusarium infection process from the soil. So it's kind of an interesting, um, well, you call it symbiotic relationship if you were um, fusarium and pythium, because what happens is the pythium basically damages the root system, cracks the root, creates an opening for the fusarium, which is a weak pathogen, to come sailing into the plant, and off you go, and you now you've got dead. So it's basically a combination of, if you control pythium, you generally don't have fusarium, but if you don't control pythium and you got a little fusarium, well, that's just playing with fire. So, you know, does that make sense, Bill, that you got these three things that kind of work together? It does, and the, and the common, the common uh, factor I see is that uh, it's really gonna come down to cleanliness, right? Cleanliness in your stock, cleanliness in your facility really staying on top of these because you certainly don't want a plant that looks like the one up on the top because you're not going to sell it. Right. So why don't, uh, why don't you move, move on to what growers can do to minimize these risks and take that ugly picture of the virus off the screen? Okay, let's talk about how you manage it. Of course, we, we've kind of beat on this, but starting with clean stock, clean unrooted cuttings, clean um, rooted liners, and there are a number of suppliers that have these available um, where they're virus and fusarium clean. If you have clean stock, you're gonna be fusarium and virus clean. Um, they make sure that you don't have a mixture of um, non-clean stock and clean stock. That's just, that's a no-no with a big N and a big O. Um, make sure that you've got um, the plants not stressed because if you start stressing the plants um, and you didn't, keep them clean, you're gonna start expressing carnation model virus, which is a very big problem. The thing about fusarium is you've gotta be aware of the fact that it is waterborne. I remember greenhouse um, in my first job where they, all the greenhouse water that came out of the bottom of the soil drained into a pond and guess what their water supply was, Bill? Ooh, the pond. Yeah, the pond. And they didn't use um, chlorine to disinfect. The chlorine is the best in disinfectant for um, fusarium. And what, of course, they were just re-inoculating the plants that they just planted. And so it was this vicious cycle. In fact, that vicious cycle is what killed off the carnation business in Colombia is because they just kept reinfecting field after field because they failed to control the fusarium that was in the water, which contaminated the soil that they planted the plants. And so you need to have clean pots. You need to use clean, you know, fresh soil, and you need to make sure your water has been disinfected. Of course, one of the things that we need to manage is we need to manage pythium, because as I said, this is this, the basically the trifecta, where if you get pythium, it damages the roots, gets the fusarium, and then if you've got any carnation model around, it starts expressing. So if one thing doesn't kill them, the rest does. So what do we do with pythium? Because of course, we all know about how to control pythium. That's a well-understood um, control strategy. 
Um, and you basically, the easiest thing to do is make sure that your soil goes dry, that you basically take it from a level four down to a level two, about every 48 hours, um, that, because if you start wandering beyond 48 hours, the soil sits wet, and that's one of the things that Baker saw, wet soil, pythium, pythium, fusarium, and, the, and then you're off and you're dead. Um, and so you must really think about it, and you have to control it before you have the disease. Now, we do have some different recommendations on fusarium control um, in the PowerPoint and also in the finished, in the longer document that you may want to look at, because you need to get your fusarium chemicals on before you might have fusarium, because it's a protectant more than a curative. Um, so you really need to be out there trying to control that ahead of it. So those are really the kind of the, the, the one-two plan of how you control these diseases, clean stock, control pythium, control fusarium, and this is a really easy crop to grow. Excellent, excellent. And uh, you did reference that we, uh, we will have a link to the slideshow in the show notes if you're listening to this as a podcast, also on the YouTube channel. Um, and yeah, before we wrap up, uh, let me just call out some additional resources to check out. You can see them here on the screen. First is a set of at-risk crop guidelines or white papers that are available at ballseed.com slash quickculture slash production guides. Um, and you'll find them there in, in a group and you can uh, pretty easily work your way through all the different at-risk crops that we've been talking about. Also is uh, the Tech on Demand podcast brought to you by Grower Talks. So in addition to episodes like this one, we cover all sorts of topics on the podcast from greenhouse specifics to pest and disease control, um, kind of kind of like this one. And you're going to find a lot of those at Tech on Demand uh, podcast, which you can find on pretty much every podcast app, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, all of them. And you can visit growertalks.com slash tech on demand to find all episodes as well. So Will, thank you so much for taking the time to take us through Carnations, a crop near and dear to your heart and yep. uh, introducing us to techs. And, uh, and, all the, and all the work the team does to put together the uh, information on at-risk crops and help growers succeed. So thank you very much. Thanks. And I'm Bill Calkins with Tech On Demand, wishing you a fantastic season. Hopefully you'll pick up some carnations this year and uh, send them to market because you know that uh, customers are out there that are going to really love seeing this crop back and giving them as gifts and putting them in their garden. So take care out there. <laughs>